Word of God right now and receive some Bible teaching and some encouragement from the Scriptures. And uh, we're going to look this morning at a particular passage here in the book of Colossians. I'm going to read from uh, Colossians chapter 3, uh, that is in the New Testament, the book of Colossians chapter 3, one of the uh, epistles of John, uh, of Paul, sorry, and I'm just going to read here from chapter 3 and from verse 1. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that you will bless the word of God to us as we open the scriptures as we look at the Word of God together, we pray that you will speak to each heart this morning, Father, and bless the Word to our hearts, Lord. Pray that nothing will hinder it, and pray, Father, that you will speak to our lives for transformation and change. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you'll do some new things in our hearts and lives today. Thank you, Father, that you're not limited by us. Lord, we just pray that you will do all that you want to do in the lives of the listeners today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Okay, so Colossians chapter 3, I'm going to read some uh, verses to you. And uh, reading from verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, because of these the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self and its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word to us this morning. I wanted us to have a look at this passage together and uh, consider the words of the Apostle Paul. They are pretty a pretty high calling for us, he's telling us, to set our hearts on things above and set our minds on things above. And this is what he says here in verse 1 and verse 2. Just recapping for you, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to set our hearts on things above. Last week we looked at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, which tells us that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we ask, think, hope, or imagine 
according to his power that is at work in us. As a Christian, we know that God is at work in us, that he is working in and through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and through the transformation of our minds, so that we can think correctly. And this is part of the problem, is that we are not thinking correctly. And one of the ways that he is encouraging us to think is not to think earthly thoughts. But he's telling us here in this passage to set your heart and to set your mind on things above. That's right. You are to be heavenly minded. Why does God want us to think like this? Why does he want us to be thinking on things above? Why does he want us to be heavenly minded? Because friends, this is our headquarters. Heaven is the headquarters of God. This is where the domain of God is. God is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. This is where all directives come from. Daniel, when he's praying in chapter 9 of his book, we read there that Daniel is praying the very first day that he prays to God in heaven. His prayer is answered and God sends the answer on the way from heaven. Heaven is our headquarters. Heaven is the place that we uh, direct our prayers to. Heaven is the place where we receive our orders from. Our Father who is in heaven. That's where our prayers go to. God lives in heaven. It is a real place. It is an incredible place. It is a place beyond comprehension. It is a place that is the eternal abode of the saints and of the angels. A very real place. Maybe we could say even more real than this place earth is right now. Everything we see is the third dimension. But all of this will be, will be burned up one day as the Bible says. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. So heaven is a, a real place and is the dwelling place of the believer. And Paul is encouraging us to think about heavenly things. I don't know if you think about heavenly things or not, but this is the will of God for our lives to set our hearts and minds on things above. Well, what is there in heaven? Well, there are a lot of things in heaven and there are a lot of things that we can think about and set our affections on. The King James Version says, since then Christ has been raised, set your affection Set your desires on things above. Set your desires on heavenly things. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul is encouraging us that our citizenship is in heaven. That's right. We are not belonging to the earth anymore if we are in Christ. We are heavenly beings. We are heavenly creatures created in the image of God, in the image of Christ, to live and to do good works for Him. So we are to set our affections on things above. God our Father is in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And He ever lives to intercede for you. That's right. He's ever living to pray for you. That you're going to make it. Amen. It's good to know we have an elder brother. That we have Jesus Christ the righteous one. That he is praying for you. That you're going to make it as a Christian. And the Bible tells us in Jude that, that he is able to keep us from falling. 
and to present us before his glorious throne without spot or blemish. It's not just got to do with you doing your best part. Yes, that's part of it, but it's also got to do with the grace of God. God is helping us every day. Unseen prayers from Jesus, unseen prayers from the saints, all helping us towards that final destiny where we will be with the Lord forever and we will dwell with Him. So what do we need to do in the meantime? We need to set our hearts and our minds on things above. We need to focus on heavenly things. We need to focus on Christ. As he says here, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. The reality is, friends, we have died to sin. We have died to self. And he tells us that we are to live for heavenly things. We are to live with a heavenly perspective. And here in Ephesians chapter, chapter 2 and verse 6, it tells us, And God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority. As I was discussing with a number of Christian ministers some months ago, we were discussing this passage. They didn't seem to have any understanding about this particular verse at all. And I was amazed. But the Bible is true. The Bible tells us that we were once dead in sin. We were once far away from God. We were once alienated because of our behavior and our sinfulness, but because of the mercy of God, because of the grace of God, we've been brought near through the blood of Jesus. Not only have we been brought near to Jesus, but he has raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. That's right. We are seated in the spiritual realm and we have authority with Christ, not because of any special we have done but because of what Christ has accomplished on the cross he has defeated Satan he has defeated sin he has defeated all of our enemies and because Christ is in us and we are in Christ we are able to live a victorious life and so our position friends is a heavenly position yes I know we're still on the earth I know we're still walking around on this planet but spiritually, we have been elevated to be seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. This is a tremendous revelation. Incredible what Jesus has done for us. We've been raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly realms. So we can say, as Romans chapter 8, and uh, I think it's verse 13, 14, it says that we are heirs with the Father and co-heirs with the Son. So we are ruling and reigning in life through Jesus Christ. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and with the help of the Father, we are ruling, we are an heir with the Father and a co-heir with Jesus. That doesn't mean that everything has been sorted. It just simply means we have an elevated position. We're in Christ and we should focus on our position and what Jesus has done. And we should focus on the fact that our hearts and minds need to be settled on things above. And looking 
as Hebrew says, looking unto Jesus. Not have a look, have a glance and forget about him. But keep looking unto Jesus. Keep focusing on Jesus. Because he is our perfect example. He is the one who shows us how to live the Christian life. It's not by works so that anybody can boast. But it's by the grace of God through faith that we are saved. And then works begin to take effect once we come into Christ and we start to live for the Lord. But it's not just by works, it's by the grace of God. And so our focus needs to be on things above. Our focus needs to be on Jesus. Jesus actually put it like this in Matthew 6 and verse 33. He said, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things shall be added to you. Jesus is telling us, seek first the kingdom. Don't be chasing all the stuff of the world. Don't be ch chasing and running after all the stuff that the Bible says the pagans run after. They're running after clothes. They're running after houses. They're running after cars. They're running after the money. They're running after all of these things. Jesus said, stop. Hang on a minute. I don't want you to do these things. I don't want you to run after these things. I want you to seek first the kingdom of God. I want you to follow me. I want you to seek the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. And don't worry about all the other stuff because I'm going to take care of that. What you've got to be concerned about is seeking the kingdom of God. Now what is the kingdom of God? It's the rule of God. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. It is, it is, the kingdom of God is righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God is something that we can be part of. The kingdom of God is something that is our inheritance. And this is what Jesus is wanting us to seek. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things, all these temporal things will be added to you. Just make sure you get your priorities right. Make sure God is at, top of the, at the top of the pyramid. Make sure that God is at the very foremost of your heart and your mind and your soul. As Jesus told us, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And the second is like it, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. So this is what it means to seek the kingdom. It means to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the kingdom of God, is to seek God and to set your heart and your mind on things above, on heavenly things, and not to focus on the earthly things. Stop running around, chasing this, chasing that, pursuing this, pursuing that. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek the Lord while he may be found. And then God is going to add all these other things to you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. And call on him while he is near. For then God will begin to sort out all the other things. And many people have got that the other way around. They're chasing all the stuff. God is at the bottom and all these other things are at the top. They are a priority. It's all about pursuing the stuff and not pursuing God himself. Jesus put it like this in Luke chapter 12. He said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance 
of his possessions. That's right. Fulfillment in life does not come by owning 20 houses or 20 sports cars or 20 wives. It's probably just going to give you a terrible headache. If you have all of those things, you're chasing all of those things, you're trying to spin all of those plates, it's going to cause you a lot of hassle and a lot of trouble. But you have got to put God first in your life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Set your heart and mind on things above. Seek the Lord first. Put God first in your life. Put God first in your finances. The Bible says that we should store up riches in heaven. That's right. He didn't say store up riches in the banks. He didn't say store up riches on the earth. No, he said you are to store up riches in heaven. Every time we give to the Lord of our finances, God takes a record. God records it in heaven. And he sends that ahead so that he can prepare a beautiful place for you. All the things that we're involved in, God is going to reward you for someday. But the Bible says, set your heart and your treasure on things above. Send the riches ahead of you. Send the blessing of God ahead of you. So what does he say? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then I'm going to add all these other things to you. I'll make sure that you have a home. I'll make sure that you have some finances. I'll make sure that you've got everything you need because our God is Jehovah Jireh and he will provide for us. Amen. Praise God. He is a wonderful provider. He just wants us to get our priorities sorted. So what does he say here in this passage? He says, set your heart on things above and where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Stop focusing on all the earthly things that are distracting you from God. Stop focusing on all, all the earthly things because, friends, they are temporal. Everything we look at in this world, everything we see, all the buildings, and all the cars and all the, the physical things that we see, the trees and the animals, everything is temporal. It's just passing through. In fact, the Bible says, you are a pilgrim. You are just passing through this life. You know, everything we see is temporal. So God is trying to tell us, don't focus on the temporal. Focus on the eternal. Stop focusing on the natural things. Stop focusing on just the natural things that are around us and start focusing on the heavenly things. And this means we've got to change our thinking. This means we've got to change our thinking from looking at earthly things, watching TV, watching the things around us, focusing on all the temporal distractions and start focusing on the heavenly things. Start focusing on things that are in heaven. So our, our God and Father is in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand. There are angels in heaven. There are many hundreds, millions of saints who've gone on to heaven. And praise God. I met somebody yesterday outside the church building. They said to me, you know, I believe in hell, but I don't believe in heaven. Well, I thought that was most odd. Because most people say, well, I believe in heaven, but I don't want to believe in hell. Well, the Bible says there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Heaven is a real place. It's the abode of God. It's mentioned over 500 times in the Bible as the dwelling place of God 
and the dwelling place of the saints. So why is he telling us to focus on heavenly things? Why is he telling us to, to focus our attention on heaven? Because everything here and now will just be swept away one day. Even our own bodies, if the Lord does not tarry, will be taken away. We'll be buried one day. But the heavenly things are the eternal things. Everything that is seen is temporary. It's, it's just going to pass away. Even the longest trees, the trees that live for thousands of years, the oak tree that can live for a thousand years, one year will pass away. It will just disappear. But heavenly things are here forever. So focus on the eternal things. Focus on the heavenly things. Get our attention on heavenly things. Why is he telling us to do this? He's telling us to do this, not to put our focus on earthly things, but he says, because you have died. That's right. Let's read it again. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3. It says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. He's telling us that we have died. We've died to self. We've died to sin. We've died to what we want to do. And we're saying yes to the kingdom of God. Yes to the rule of God. Yes to Jesus. As Paul put it like this, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. So every day we've got to still put to death the misdeeds of the flesh. Every day we've got to say goodbye to Keith Wilson. Every day we've got to say goodbye to ourselves. We've got to bury the old self. We've got to say goodbye to who we are. And we say, Lord, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in my life just like it is in heaven. Is not Jesus how Jesus taught us how to pray? Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life just like it is in heaven. So Lord, let your rule come. Let your righteousness come. Let your Holy Spirit come and live in and through me so that I might glorify you with my life. To live is Christ and to die is gain. So we say goodbye to self. We say goodbye to sin. Every day, as Paul says, we die daily. We put the flesh to death. We say no to sexual immorality, to impurity, to lust, to the things that are of our sinful nature. We put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to our earthly nature, these evil desires, which is idolatry. And because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. So God doesn't want us to live for our pleasures anymore. He doesn't want us to live for our sins anymore. He wants us to live for Him. May Christ be formed in us every day as we follow Jesus, as we read the Scriptures, as we are transformed every day by the grace of God. We can take on the nature of Christ. We can take on the blessings of Christ and be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So how do we do that, friends? We've got to change our thinking from the natural to the supernatural. We've got to change our thinking from the things of the earth and set our hearts and minds on things above. Thinking about Christ, spending time in His Word, 
meditating on his word, studying his word. And every time we read the word and study the word and put it into practice, we are following in the footsteps of Jesus. And so our focus is on the Lord. Our focus is on Jesus and our focus is in his word so that he will bring the necessary transformation so that we will say goodbye to self and welcome the kingdom of God and welcome the rule of God and welcome the blessings of the Lord. These are the things that God wants us to practice here written in Colossians chapter 3 is that it's goodbye to self and welcome to the life of the Holy Spirit. Why are we living like this? Why are we focusing on things above? Why is our attention on heavenly things? Friends, the Bible tells us that Jesus is going to return from heaven. That we have to be ready for his return at any time. In fact, the Bible says he is going to return at a time when we do not expect him. So before that happens, we've got to get ready now for the coming of the Lord. We've got to prepare our hearts. We've got to prepare our minds. We've got to be ready for action. We've got to be ready for when the Lord calls us. You know, I spoke to some lady some time ago and said, are you ready for the coming of the Lord? She said, I'm not ready, Pastor Keith. I am not ready for the coming of the Lord. And friends, it's absolutely critical that we prepare now for Christ's return. He will come at an hour when we do not expect Him. He will come when we are not expecting Him. The Bible says, like a thief in the night, like a twinkling of the eye, just suddenly in a moment, like a lightning flash, He will be here. So, in the meantime, it's time to get ready. If you are not a Christian today, friend, I want to say to you, now is the time to get into the kingdom of God, is to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. You need to be right with God, so that when Jesus comes back, you will be ready to go up. That's right. When Jesus comes back, you will be ready to meet the Lord in the air. Many, many people will not be ready. And this is illustrated in the parable of the, the ten virgins, the five virgins who were ready, and the five virgins who were not ready for the bridegroom when they were coming. When he was coming, and the five virgins were ready, says that they had trimmed their lamps and their oil, they had enough oil to keep them going. This speaks of perseverance through hard times, which we are in, in right now. is to prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord, because Jesus will return in a time when we don't expect Him. Probably when everything's going well, and everything's wonderful, and everybody seems happy, suddenly Jesus will appear. And so we've got to be ready, friends, because Jesus is coming from heaven. That's right. So our focus needs to be on heaven. Our focus needs to be on our headquarters, which is heaven. And our commander, which is God the Father, through the Son, He will speak to us so that we will be ready for the coming of the Lord. 
we need to prepare now so that no one will deceive us. Right now, the spirit of Antichrist is at work in our world. Right now, there is a false spirit that is at work in our world trying to lure people away from Jesus, trying to pull people away from God. And we need to prepare now, friends, for the coming of the Lord. Make sure that everything is good with you and Jesus. Make sure everything that is good now so that your bags are packed, you're ready to go, and we need to ask ourselves, am I ready to meet with Jesus? Ask yourself that question this morning. Am I ready to meet with the Lord? If we're not, the Bible says we need to examine our hearts and find out what do I need to do to get ready for the coming of the Lord? For surely he will come like a thief in the night. So now is the time to ask yourself those questions. Am I ready to go? Number two, if I'm not ready, what do I need to do to get ready so I can stand before the Most High God? Friends, this is an awesome experience. Everyone will stand before the Lord. Everybody will account for their lives, for what they've said and what they've done. May God, through the Holy Spirit, enable us to stand in His presence so that we will be spotless, so that we will be found clean and acceptable in His presence. The five virgins who weren't ready, I believe, represents part of the church that is not going to be ready. They had their lamps. They were there. They were wanting to go in to, to, the, to the marriage feast, but they weren't allowed, friends. They weren't allowed to come in because they didn't have enough oil on their lamps. They became drowsy, and it says they fell asleep. And so I believe this represents part of the church, that they're going to fall asleep. They're going to fall away from the Lord, and they won't be ready to go in. But friends, I hope you will be ready to go in, that you'll be one of the five virgins ready with your lamps trimmed and plenty of oil and plenty of the Holy Spirit and plenty of the Lord Jesus in your heart so that you can enter into the presence of the Lord. This is representative of coming into the presence of the Lord Jesus. And five of them were not ready. Half of them, 50% of them were not ready. So right now we need to be in the 50% that are ready to enter into the presence of the Lord. Many people will be left outside. And you don't want to be one of those. We don't want to be in that category where we're left outside. But we want to be in the category where Jesus says, Come, my chosen. Come, my people. Come into my presence. So that we can be caught up and be with the Lord forever. So friends, the coming of the Lord draws nigh. It's closer than we think. And so now, friends, we need to prepare and give our hearts and minds and souls to the Lord and prepare now fully for the work of God. Get ready for what God is going to do. Now is the time to set your heart on things above, set your mind on things above. Get ready now because this day could come quicker than we think. We must be ready, friends. I pray that you will be ready in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm just going to pray for you this morning and ask God to bless His Word to us. 
So Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for those who have listened to your word today. I pray this word will not be stolen from us in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, you will help us to set our hearts and our minds on things above. Lord, to focus on you, Lord. To allow our thinking, Father, to be, Lord, focused on Jesus and focused on things above. Father, forgive us if we've been distracted. Forgive us, Lord, if, if the virus and many other things have taken our focus away from you. And may we be brought back to you, Lord, so we can see Jesus, Lord, and keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, help us to stand on the day when you come for us. When you come for the church, Lord, help us to be ready. Help each one of us to be willing and ready to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Help us, Lord, to have our lamps trimmed and ready and full of oil. Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining.